You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Jaybird Watching. As always, Craig Borden here with you, and tonight we're going to kick everything off with our top 30 prospects list. We got Jason Woodell of Prospects Live with us. It's going to be a great show, but first we got some uh, housekeeping, I guess, I guess would be the best way of saying it. The Blue Jays have some news as they sign infielder Freddie Galvis to a one-year contract with an option for 2020. This is a $5.5 million deal with a club option for 2020, as I mentioned. Also includes a $1 million buyout in case they don't want to deal with him on another season. Galvis has been a uh, constant professional the last few years as a good shortstop for the Philadelphia Phillies and last year the San Diego Padres. Um, has played in 162 games in each of the past two seasons. Before that, over 150 as well. So basically, he's been the constant sign of durability since uh, taking over a full-time position in Philly in 2015. Last season, in 162 games, as I mentioned, um, had 13 RBIs, which was his career. Oh, no, I'm sorry, I take that back. Um a little below his career high, but as far as everything goes, another constant year for him as he tends to hang around the 250 line, plays solid defense up the middle in both positions at short and second. Also has played a couple occasions in the outfield, so it'll be interesting to see where he ends up landing. Is uh, Loris Gurriel Jr. is allegedly slotted in for the Blue Jays at shortstop, and I think that will probably be way, the way the Blue Jays are leading. It is awesome to have a guy with Freddie Galvis's potential and a guy that drives in 60 RBIs pretty much consistently every year if he gets his at-bats. So... Another guy that could be a high performer in the big ball, you know, coming from big ballparks like Citizens Bank in Philadelphia and the uh, Petco Field in San Diego might be uh, transitioned nicely in the American League East ballparks that tend to be a little bit smaller, hits the ball hard, and it could play out very well for the Blue Jays. As worst case scenario, he is another guy to be talking about up the middle with the Loris Gurriel Jr. at shortstop or even over on at second with Eric Sogard 
and possible Devin Travis fun that is going on. This is one more of those battles that will come spring that will hopefully sort it out. But anyway, we'll get, we're going right now on our top 30 prospects. And as far as all this goes, what we ended up doing, was we took the countdowns for the top 30 prospects for Major League Baseball Pipeline.com. Our buddies over at ProspectsLive.com were nice enough to uh, give us their 30 guys. And also, we have all our contributors for South of the Six and Jaybird watching here that we were able to wonderfully hompodge this all together in a, basically a fantasy baseball rotisserie map on where everybody ranked everybody from 1 through 30 and basically came up with a top 35. So today we're going to talk top 30 guys as far as the numbers 30 through 26 concerned, and then we're also going to talk a few guys that just missed. So, anyways, let's dive right into that. All right, and now joining me for our uh, section of our wonderful fun here with the Blue Jays' top 30 prospects, I have Jason Waddell of Pro Prospects Live joining me. How's it going, Jason? Hey, I'm doing good. It's a uh, nice freezing 55 degrees outside <laughs> in Florida. Uh, I'm wearing three layers to the fields. Juco season has just started, and... Uh, Love and life. <laughs> it's that simple. So where will you get all the wonderful negatives up here in the Celsius world and whatnot on the Canadian border? <laughs> I mean, as much spring. as I want to live in Canada, I'd have to. I don't know if I could do it in weather in in the cold weather. Uh, you know, when I before I moved to Florida, I, I grew up in North Carolina, and I've lived all over the world. I've lived in the Middle East. I've been to Europe. Uh, I've lived all over the Southeast. And when I moved to Florida, I didn't own a jacket. Because my blood was, I was a little obese. My blood was thick like ragu, and not like thick and chunky ragu. And now my blood is like as thin as that really shitty canned tomato pasta that, <laughs> that, yeah, that's yeah. just basically red, red water. You went from like full woolly mammoth to like a gecko in like a week, right? <laughs> it took some years, but once it came, like it, it. There's no going back. There's no thickening up. There's no going back to ragu. Yeah. Well, now as far as it goes, it is approaching spring training time, and you got to be psyched. You know, uh, the Blue Jays have a very exciting young prospect level in this, and I know you have been one of those preachers of the the fact that this is just a very talented organization, one of the top tier minor league ball part, ball teams in the league. And uh, either way, good stuff, right, my friend? Yeah. This spring, I, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, not only the spring, just to see how a lot of these young guys like Geraldo, Jimenez, Barger, uh, some of the pitchers, uh, Caballo, um, I can't remember the, the guy they signed, Melian, was that a guy? Uh, I can't remember the, the pitcher they signed. Seeing some of those guys develop, and then I'm also really looking forward to getting eyes on Chavez Young. Um I've seen Ryan Noda. I think I got a good feel on Ryan Noda, but I wouldn't mind seeing him for a full season. Uh, I, I want to see Spanberger and Casey Clemens again. So uh, I want to see if Logan Warmoth has a strong front side yet, you know. Yeah, because that's those good, yeah. wonderful things, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as far as those, those guys you just hit there are definitely parts of this uh, show here. And as far as some of that goes, uh, I just want to talk about some of the guys that just missed our wonderful compiling and voodoo math that we did here in the backsides uh, for the Jaybird watching south of the six. Um, 
you know, calculation here. We got all yeah. our contributors and including your guys at uh, Prospects Live. We took your guys' top 30, jumbled it and all with our math, and I went full-on rotisserie fantasy baseball with this. <laughs> so you're telling me that my DNA and your DNA have been intertwined. Yes, and more or less, I put this in a money ball where my DNA is now spitting out your DNA's numbers. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, I love it. So somehow... Uh, we're registered at Bed Bath and Beyond and Target and Home Goods. Yes, in the Blue Jay, Toronto Blue Jays uh, bedroom set. <laughs> All right, yeah, I want the Vlad Junior. I want the Vlad Junior PJ or pajama onesies. There you go, and then I want my uh, Brock Lundquist mustache <laughs> with my Boba Shet hair. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I want I want Boba. Give me a Halloween wig of Boba Shet's hair, and I would wear it every day. There you um, go. He was up here not too long ago in our other Polar Vortex uh, doing the B Buffalo Bisons Prospect Showcase on his way up to Toronto's Winterfest and all that kind of good stuff. Got to talk with him again, and that, it was just on epic display. It was right after he did the uh, Caribbean Home Run Derby there. He was more or less teeing up home runs out into the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Video. Oh so yeah, I did. It was full beach bum mode. Like, you know, you had the you know, the grizzle going on still with this just monstrous like epic flow, like almost like from the movie Shrek when the guy takes his helmet off and flips it around a little bit, you know. <laughs> you know, here's the crazy thing with Bo, I just had this thought right now. This literally this is a brand new thought that I'm going to birth into existence. And I don't think anyone's ever said it. Game on. Boba Shet may never hit 25 or 30 home runs in the big leagues, right? I think I think he has the chance to, but yeah. it might never happen, mm -hmm. right? But if you let Boba shed into a home run derby, that motherfucker's taking the crown. <laughs> I Easily. agree with that. The bat Easily. speed is there. <laughs> I'm putting money on Bo. Harold Reynolds is going to take Ken Griffey. I'm taking, no, Joe Morgan's going to take Ken Griffey. Harold Reynolds is going to take Bryce Harper. I'm taking Boba Shett. There you go. And it's going to be the, uh, yeah, because in the regular season, I see him more as a guy that's going to just spray the ball all over the place to him. Kind of almost Joe Mauer-like, yeah. you know, yeah. as far as that goes. Obviously, I'm comparing a righty and a lefty in that situation there. But just somebody that sprays the ball all over the place. And he's going to hit a share of home runs in the American League East, I think. But you're, you're right. He's dancing on that line and having that power as far as all that goes. But, like, watching him do those home run videos and that <laughs> Caribbean thing, Oh my yeah. God! It was that was like one of my best days at a golf course uh, with some of those drives, <laughs> you know, so, let alone watching them puddling them out 400 feet. Since you since you helped birth me to it into existence and and we're we're one gestalt hive mind, I'd like to start <laughs> asking you some questions here. Game on. Put your bias aside, right? Yep. Who has better hair, Bryce Harper? Or Boba Shet. Oh, that's a good one, man. And in all reality, as far as much as I'd love to see them two on the same team in Toronto, it's never going to happen. <laughs> and just watching them flip each other's you know helmets off was a home run ensue in the you know top of the lineup. But they could uh, both end up in Philadelphia or Los Angeles or wherever Bryce ends up. But I digress. Ten years down the road. That's <laughs> fair. As far yeah. as all that goes. Um, and then the funny thing is, uh, Bryce Harper is never losing that hair. I don't think either. It's going to be always epic and legendary. I'm yeah, I don't, say think, right he, now, I don't full... think he's getting male pattern baldness. <laughs> no. In worst, in worst case scenario, he's going to have the best comb over on the face of the planet. 
right, give me give me your pick, and then I'm going to give you a scouting report on Bryce Harper's hair. <laughs> okay. So before I get my education here, I'm going to go with that. I'm thinking that. Bryce Harper with the you know the full on like the pretty boy kind of like hair a little bit the greased up and everything I think they're in two different ballparks man where I think Bo Bichette is full on in the I just rolled off my surfboard <laughs> yeah and my hair just happens to look this good Bryce Bryce has more versatility right Correct. than Bo Bo's like is what it hair. is yeah Bo's yeah 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 like, like I said surf hair <laughs> Bryce kind of you ever watch Parks and Rec yeah. You ever see like how massive John Raffio's hair is? That's Bryce can do that and has done that. Yeah, I don't see uh, Boba Shet having the like, uh, or even going in like the uh, Josh Donaldson, like where it's slick, yeah, back, like like that or anything like that. I just don't see that ever happening with him. I see him kind of doing like, even way, the way my hair is. I just wake up, I part it down the middle, and it goes puff, you know, like a la like seventies, like. <laughs> yeah. So here's my scouting report on on Harper's hair. All right, game. So. Up. Uh, <clears throat> Max Frame uh, probably has reached full projection, but at the time, if I saw it as as a 15 year old, you know, full projection, um, 80 grade silkiness, uh, thickness, <laughs> probably future Hall of Famer, 10 war season thickness. Uh, versatility, a little bit like he plays for the Cubs and or the Rays and. You can use it anywhere because he can rock any style. And I think if I'm going to give someone's hair a Hall of Fame grade, right? I'm not giving prospects, although I did give Vlad an 80. Moderate. <laughs> moderate risk to get to that 80. Uh, spoiler alert if we're not talking about one through five tonight. But uh, coming. Soon. So, yeah, that's a Hall of Fame grade. That's a Hall of Fame. So I think Bryce has Hall of Fame hair, and if you ask me to attach risk to that, which the risk means what are the chances, not that he bust, but what is the risk in order for him to reach that 80 grade? I think I would give Bryce pretty low risk, which means I would be shocked if there was male pattern baldness. I'd be shocked <laughs> None if... None risk. Yeah, I would be shocked <laughs> if he had a receding hairline, like if people were making... You know, the, the the jokes they made about LeBron and McNabb, if they make that about Bryce, uh, or if he just goes full Matt Williams from the San Francisco Giants. <laughs> so basically at this point, you've got him in the hall on his hair, so he's holding on his, his hair. Washington Nationals hat instead of wearing it. Right, and he's, I mean, if we're talking Hall of Fame of hair, I mean, i got to go any Afro. Every Afro is Hall of Fame, 80 Game grade on. immediately. Especially and, in this day, of air, day yeah. and age, man. That's unheard of, you know. It's basketball, yeah. maybe, but it's yeah. still even little ones, not like full-on 70s, like, uh, yeah. freaking, uh, what the heck's that movie with uh, Will Ferrell? <laughs> oh, yeah, Semi-Pro. Semi-Pro, yeah. yeah. Not, not even the white that. dudes. Not even the white dudes with curly hairs are doing froze. So any afro at any era automatically is Hall of Fame hair. Uh, kid and play. Kids box. <laughs> that's 80-grade hair. Bryce's 80 grade hair, and I, you know what, Fabio, Fabio's got 80 grade hair. Oh, of course, and he still does that. Like what, 90? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so that's the that's the Mount Rushmore of hair. Yeah, that's the Mount Rushmore of hair, and I think it's funny that we're talking hair, and now we're gonna go to full on stash with our first guy. We're gonna talk about here in the top what a five trans just missed guys on our Toronto Blue Jays top 30 here for the wonderful compiling. Like I said, between what I've done between. Prospects Live, SouthOfSix.com, Jaybird Watching, Contributors, and everything here. Brock frickin' Lundquist. 
rocking the Raleigh Fingers on his baseball reference profile in his Canadians uniform. <laughs> I, I think you've had a chance to see him a little bit in Dunedin this year, didn't you, man? This guy is literally like full-on stash mash with his level of hitting. <laughs> oh, yeah, his his stash is pretty dope. Um, I mean, I don't think you can have a, a mustache. Well, yeah, I guess you could have a mustache Hall of Fame. We'll save that for the next show, but... Uh, I like it. Lundquist is one of those guys where I like him, and I don't know if I like him. I I don't know if he's a major leaguer, and uh, I don't know if you're going to get a lot of power from him. I don't care like the power that you saw in the Midwest League. That's what he should have been doing as a 22 year old. Um, but when I saw him in Dunedin, it was. It, it it was a decent ability to to hit the ball where it was or yeah to hit the ball where it was pitched and 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 the use of whole uh, uh, the whole field. I don't know if there's power because the swing didn't look like there was intent for power. It looked like it was almost it was okay to to just work opposite field and and do that. I and I recall like his teammates. I can't remember the heckle. But he, he hit a line drive single to left field, kind of slapped it out to left field. I can't remember the heckle that they were throwing at him, but it, 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 it was along the lines of weak or hit the weight room or, or power hitter or something like they were mocking. They were mocking it. So I don't know. Yeah, and I don't know if he's athletic enough to be a fourth outfielder either. Yeah, as far as it goes, though, to me it was his tale of two seasons because, like, you got to see him in um, Dunedin. I got to see him earlier in the season in Lansing on a few different occasions. And this is a guy that was completely playing out, at least in power level, in Lansing, like you were saying. 22 years old, just mashing, and he was doubles, homers, you know, just driving in runs at a good clip. You know, 48 RBIs in 70 games. Pretty tolerable, you know, but... As far as it goes, it was all batting average as soon as he got to Dunedin, and I think a lot of that might have been due to the adjustment. But this is a guy that didn't he rattle off like hits in his first ten games or something like that when he came yeah. up. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was just he was spraying he was spraying drives everywhere. Um and that's what I, I mean, I saw him when he was really good. I like a guy who will take who will take the pitch and, and hit it where they put it. You know, don't give don't let the pitcher get you out because you can't change your approach. You know, you can still swing with intent uh, to the opposite field. Um, so, yeah, I like what I saw, but what I think the reason that I'm on the fence with him is just because I he kind of has me. He strikes me as 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 a player that he's going to have a minor league career, but he might get some playing time in MLB, but really nothing to to kind of to bank like your hopes on if you're a fan yeah he's so, in your uh kind of like your wait and see pile it sounds like yeah i mean he's he's 22 yeah, um got plenty of going yeah a ball a ball for him is still age appropriate um you know but if if that power was 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 something that that we saw in low a because he knew he was getting cookies because the command and the pitchability and the sequencing is so much worse yep. than what you see in Dunedin. Um, then it's to me like advanced pitchers, uh, they'll expose any flaws that, that were there with, with an ability to take advantage of inferior pitchers. Yeah. And so they will, they will take that tool away. 
And that's kind of what I see happening with him. He's just kind of a guy that the 22 home runs don't – that's that's not a thing. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think it's one of those guys that he might develop something, but at this point it's kind of too early to tell. And this is, I think, goes to show the wonderful depth that's in the Blue Jays system. you got a guy like this that we're talking about that's on the fence, <laughs> you know, and yeah. there's that much above him still. And, and I, I think there's some juice behind him too, you know, so. Yeah. So as far as the next guy uh, up the list here, I'm going to call number 34 on the, on the top 30 list. I can't remember if it was you or Jason Panini, your consigliere, that you know had a crush on him or not. But Cal Stevenson had a monster yeah. year for the Bluefield Blue Jays. That was that was J that was JP. Um, <laughs> me, I saw him in the GCL, and it's like, all right, so you can take a lot of pitches, okay. <laughs> whoop de do uh if if pitchers don't trust your hit tool they're going to chat or if they know that you not if they know that you're not going to take them yard dude they're going to challenge you so uh, he's like noda to me he's like a more athletic version of noda with less power yeah and we're going to get to ryan noda in a minute so hold that thought on him the one thing I saw, at least with Cal Stevenson, when I was, had the pleasure of hanging out with Zach Helton in Bluefield, who's the announcer there, he um, <laughs> I literally was walking into the ballpark from taking a road trip after my day job, and I literally watched Cal Stevenson run through a wall for his teammates to catch a ball for Eric Pardino on the mound. <laughs> and yeah. got up, and then, and of course, after you know, after a good pause, this is, like I said, he hit that wall like Bobby Boucher and the Water Boy crushing quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, and gets up the next inning and leads off the inning with a double. So this is a guy that wants to be out there, and I think he's got the drive. So whether it's the three fifty nine batting average, which I never want to, I'm gonna see. I don't think out of anybody at the next level up. But this is a guy that's probably destined to probably start the season off with Lansing this year. And it's one of those, just like Brock Lundquist, see what happens and see how his development turns around because he's very athletic. And I, like I said, he's got some good tools, but is it going to be that crazy a level throughout his season? But one thing, I, he's got plenty of speed and can play all three outfield spots. He's a, I mean, he's a, he's older than, he's older than young. Um, so I could see no reason to have both of those guys start in Dunedin. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like Cal Stevenson and Lansing is going to hit 330. And it's going to look with, very similar. <laughs> yeah, it's he I don't but I don't think he's going to dominate the way that like Casey Clemens and Kevin Smith did. Yeah. Uh, and and both those guys had very different seasons when they got to Dunedin. Um, so I it wouldn't surprise me if they started him at the Midwest League. But I think that they should probably start in start him in Dunedin. The fact that he was a much higher draft pick than Noda, they might have a little bit more faith uh, that he could handle it. I just think it comes down to the depth chart ultimately. But they should start him in Dunedin. Yeah, and uh, just to give you a good boast on the the whole starting in Dunedin thing, because in all reality, I think that's where his best challenge would be. Yeah, his teams that he played the best against in the Appy League were actually some of the better minor league teams in the Tampa Bay Rays' minor league system and the and that that league and all those kind of teams. He was batting a solid three hundred against those teams, and you know that they're just as 
thick all the way through their system as the Toronto Blue Jays system is. We're talking about the first two guys here hanging out in single A, <laughs> you know, but yeah. very, very talented players. So he was facing good pitching for, I think that would be a solid challenge. Yes, young and raw pitching, but good stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So next up on the list, we got Ronnie Brito, and I am assuming you haven't seen much of him, seeing he played with the uh, Gulf Coast League mostly, or on that side of the, <laughs> everything in the rookie ball for the Los Angeles Dodgers system. Yeah, I haven't. Um, and from some of the things I've heard defensively, um, you know, I heard there's there's some decent risk that he can't stick at shortstop, and, you know, the hands aren't, he's athletic, but the hands aren't really that soft. Um, so I, I got to ding him defensively. And while the power was nice, the pioneer league is crazy. So I think there's enough swing and miss concerns that, uh, we should probably temper our expectations with him. But I think his, his acquisition is, is kind of indicative as what, uh, as to what this organization is looking to acquire. It's athletic middle infielders. You know, getting that versatility because if he can't stick at shortstop or second, you know, can he play third? He should be athletic enough to play outfield. If the the contact improves, uh, I th- I think you you know you got a player, and and that's why you that's why you acquire these type of guys. It doesn't matter that he's another shortstop. Yeah, and in all for reality, from what I've been hearing, the most of him is that he's got like a sixty grade arm. Yeah, on his stuff. So as far as sticking at third base, eventually. That doesn't sound like out of the rea- out of the reality here because a guy that's got that kind of a cannon, it might be you know if his athleticism isn't quite carrying that short, yeah. A guy that can play short, average, sliding him over to the hot corner should have the reflexes, and then having that cannon is only going to help him get that ball to first base. Yeah, and and that the <clears throat> how do I want to say this? If you look at like versatility, it's always going to come from the middle infield. Right, so you can't have enough of enough of these guys. I feel like you could almost do a top thirty middle infielders for the Blue Jays and still come away with thirty guys that you really like. Which most top thirty lists, you can't say that about the back end. Honest, if you're being honest, if you're being honest with yourself, unless you're the Padres uh, or the Rays, you're not saying that. So, so let's continue <clears throat> the trend. I got yeah. two more middle infielders to talk about before we hit our top thirty. Well, <laughs> let me just say that. Let me just say this real quick. So, a guy who's a who's a corner outfielder or a or a first base only guy, mm-hmm. right? That guy has to hit. He has to hit his ass off, because if he doesn't, there's nowhere for him to go. If Brito struggles but flashes a little bit of power, and you don't like him at shortstop, there's two or three legitimate spots on the diamond that you could still develop him as and be patient with the bat. Correct. And I think that is why I like this organization because it is so many middle infielders, and we're talking about three or four before we even get into the top 30, which is loaded with them. Yeah, and it's almost like you got fallback fall back plans on your fallback plans, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're minimizing the risk by having these guys that are athletic. And there's one guy that's uh, Andy McGuire that I was a little upset that didn't even – I was the only one that even voted for him. <laughs> Who's that? He's the He played for Bluefield last season, and he was the one that hits and pitches for the Blue Jays. What's his name? Andy McGuire. Dude, I've never heard of this guy. Uh, yeah, I'll have, to, uh, I'll have to send him to you after the fact. All right. <laughs> so, but as far as the next guy on the list, I, I'm pretty sure we talked about him on one of our previous shows, but uh, Samad Taylor. 
Yeah. And as far as he goes, another acquisition guy, but this is the kind of, like, just we're going to keep pounding this nail through the table <laughs> on why the Blue Jays have been acquiring these kind of guys. Right, and he's got, like, plus speed, man. This guy, if this guy develops any power and, and can make decent contact, with his speed, he, I mean, what a dynamic athlete. Yeah, great He's got great, great hands in the out in the field, and as far as everything goes, he did showed enough power that has me very intrigued. Once again, a 19-year-old, two years average right. less than the Lansing Lugnuts level of play in the Midwest League, but despite the 228 batting average, still, Don't worry still about drove that. in 53 RBIs, scored 67 runs, stole 44 bases. <laughs> and when I was writing minor league recaps for the for the Jays Journal, I felt like I was writing about him every night because he found a way to contribute in some fashion to the game, whether it was on offense, stealing a base, or playing solid defense. It seemed like he found something to do uh, to get the, the team going kind of like thing. Always bet on the athlete. Yep, and he's got that in spades with that kind of running man. <laughs> he's like a gazelle out there. Oh, yeah. So another second baseman next, also shortstop, Leonardo Jimenez. I believe you've had the pleasure of seeing him, too, or somebody at Prospects Live's had, right? No, it, yeah, it was me. I um, thought you took that video. I couldn't remember or not. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I like Jimenez. Uh, 17 years old, really advanced approach at the plate, um, uses the whole field. The swing's real linear, but I'll take, the, I'll take ground balls and line drives with hard contact now at 17 um you know that's better than selling out you know with the long swing and and having holes i think power could come but this is minimal power at this point and if it the next step would be i think doubles gap to gap power which he's not there yet yeah and um i was surprised from that it seems like he's getting his weight back really really nice in oh those yeah videos that you showed that i think he's just getting to the ball so quick that the pa the power doesn't translate through the swing you know what i mean he's not getting that full weight shift in his well power's a uh, power's a learned thing so i'll take the guy who's who at 17 is is spitting on tough pitches and taking walks and driving two strikes uh to right hard line drives to right center field I'll take that guy even if there is minimal power at this point uh, because at 17 years old, even if it's the GCL, uh, that sort of approach will play in, in Bluefield and Vancouver. Correct. And this type of this type of kid, if you know when he has that bat speed and he has that balance throughout his swing, all that takes is just a few tweaks to unlock power. So. I, I don't I'm, I'm not sticking a huge power tag on him but I think it's gonna come in 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 doubles first and gap power and then from there it remains to be seen if if it turns into over the fence power yeah and in all reality that's what most shortstops and second basemen are right you get, they're gonna be guys that just rack up doubles and get on base is the old prototype right you know, yeah it's, not, and, it's the Dan Ag Dan Ugla <laughs> thing that changed it being your Braves fan I had to say it <laughs> yeah yeah but even even then it's defense has to defense had defense matters at the big league level I mean, a lot of people don't care about it in fantasy but defense matters mm -hmm. almost as much as the hit tool <clears throat> so you know for a guy like Jimenez he can play up the middle I think he's a second baseman long term but he's a good second baseman he's an athletic second baseman uh, if you get if you get good offensive production, and I'm talking 30 doubles, 10 to 12 home runs out of someone like Jimenez, 
that's beautiful. And I think I think peak ceiling, maybe he can get there. But he's a yeah, dude. He is so far away. Oh, yeah. So far 17 away. Seventeen years old, man. It's yeah. not everybody's lad junior. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Which I know everybody's foaming at the mouth for. I'm but sorry you know what? if you tuned in for that. We will not be talking any more Vlad. <laughs> Just yeah. Think about think about Jimenez. It's very telling that Geraldo was the the big bonus in that same class, mm-hmm. right? And these guys were an extended spring training together. Uh, extended spring together. Geraldo was sent to the Dominican Summer League, and Jimenez got to start in the GCL. See, that should tell you a lot, because the, the fact, right, the fact that they would send Geraldo to the to the Dominican Summer League when he was a three and a half million dollar guy. A lot of those guys get that money because they're ready to start not in the GCL but in the Appalachian League or the Pioneer League. You know, they're ready to go. So, but the fact that Jimenez jumped him. Right, that they didn't both start in the Dominican Summer League. You know, Jimenez almost—it's almost like he won that job and then did nothing but prove why, at this point in their careers, he's a better hitter at this yeah. point than Geraldo. And we're—and the funny thing is, too, uh, we're like, like I said, we're in the outside looking in here. This is one of those guys that I was. I was really rooting for it to hit be number 30. <laughs> and until yeah. I made a typo, literally, in the math, he was number 30. <laughs> so, Oh, it's like your fault, man. Oh, no, it, it, it looked good for a second. And then, like I said, I unfortunately left an E out in uh, Billy McKinney's name in one spot in my code here, and it just went to heck. <laughs> so, that's it. They need the, ro- the robots wouldn't have made that mistake. Yeah, and that's why I'm human and I don't get paid enough. That's <laughs> Anyways, as far as all that fun is concerned, man, we're ready to poply, you know, jump into the first five here on the top 30 um out of those fir- first five guys we talked about jason though who would if I, you could make it so that one of those guys was 30 is there one of those that does stick out i had uh, i mean i had jimenez in my own in the prospects live top 30 at 28 mm-hmm. so actually it's funny your your last 30 in so i had 27 sama taylor 28 leo jimenez 29 miguel geraldo 30 Brock Lundquist. So every guy we talked about was in the top 30, but they were the last of my top 30. That's that's pretty interesting. But then again, it like my DNA created this list. So yeah, and I gave you the preview of the list, so I'm sure you were a little shocked on where some of those guys came up. <laughs> I mean, you see why though. <laughs> but we're yeah. gonna get into that as we continue over there. I know yeah, we already spoiled shocked. that Vlad is gonna be number one. It was a unanimous on that. <laughs> Just so you're getting all your preview in. We'll have all your Vlad coming. But Should... as far as it goes, do you want to dive into the thirty here or you got something else? Are we are we going through the top thirty right now? No, you we're gonna do these five at a five five prospects a show and have fun. So okay. A, you know the shows are our lovely listeners have found that like the next 30 45 minutes are a sweet spot. <laughs> okay. The morning so, commute on the train, man. <laughs> so are we going over the 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 back the back 5:30? Yes, basically. Okay. All right. All right, hit me. What do we got? So, coming in at number 30 to actually kick off the wonderful top 30 list that we have, you kind of alluded to it a minute ago, Chavez Young. Yeah. Which makes um, sense, I think. I was sleeping on him when I first released this list, and I fully own up to that. I mean, I saw the stats. The draft pick, uh, the draft pick uh, spot didn't didn't phase me. I think ultimately, kind of what led me to be initially low on him 
was one, the fact that I hadn't seen him. Two, the fact that it was the Midwest League, so I don't care, right? I don't. The, the, so what if the numbers are good? It's I'm a not frequent visitor of the Midwest League, yeah. so that's the only reason I've seen him. But I, I, I wish that. I mean, I, I love low A. Low A is so much fun, though. I'm just saying, you, you got to take the numbers there with a grain of salt. I think ultimately what started to sell me on him was uh, Alex Jensen over at BaseballFarm.com. He had written a, a profile piece on him. What I had not realized was that Young was initially projected in the top six rounds, and teams thought they couldn't sign him. And when you get down to 39 and 40, it's like, yo, we know we're not going to be able to sign you, but we're going to take you anyway because Why you're not? better than you're better than who we could sign, right? We'd rather we'd rather risk not getting you than any of these other players that we could easily sign and right. have neither, right? It's a wild card, right? Yeah. And lo and behold, he signed. So <clears throat> when I had read Jensen's profile on him and and learned a little bit more about him, uh, I, you know, I had to, or I felt compelled to publicly apologize and go <laughs> update the top thirty. And I still, at twenty six, I still might have him too low. I reserve the right talent. I reserve the right to the first time I get eyes on him to Watch putting him in the spot. top ten. To putting <laughs> him in the top ten. But with that being said, I also reserve the right within one look of of seeing him saying, "Nah." I don't believe it, right? I don't believe that. Nah, Dunedin's going to eat him up. You know, he's 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 Josh Palacios, which you shouldn't be excited about. So, I reserve the right to have either opinion, right? So, I got to see him though. I I, me I've gotten to see him on like five or six occasions. I honestly think Jason, when you do get a chance to see him, I don't know if he's going to have a horrible start like he did to this season with the Lansing Lugnuts and all of a sudden turning on. But it would not shock me that he still puts up around 280 in the Florida State League in a batting average and finds a way to get you know good things going. But well, he, you know, I think he was batting like a buck ninety two months into the season and somehow balanced it out to 280 by the end of the season in the Midwest League. He went on a so tear, obviously. Here's how, I've, at least for me, JP and I should have a scouts have a scouts have eyes episode on this. It just came to me. <clears throat> um. God, what was I going to say? I just lost it. Um, <laughs> I hit it oh, too, dude. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I literally just... It, it when just, you get a chance right, to see him, though, I, like I said, I think he's got the tools that he oh. can be exciting. Yeah. Here's here's what I was going to say. Here's how I think I know I've arrived um, in scouting, right? In my, in, in my own personal, uh, I think, uh, deconstruction of, of what I can and can't do. I don't care what your batting average is, and I don't care what you're getting out, mm-hmm. you know, or how you're getting out. I mean, I do care how you're getting out, um, but I can see a player really, really suck, and still come away, you know, with a confident like, all right, I think his hit tool is going to be this, and it be a really favorable grade. And that goes to bat speed. That goes to what type of pitches are you taking? What type of pitches are you swinging and missing on? Uh, are you passive? Are you aggressive? Are you too aggressive? Are you too passive? Uh, can you only feast when you're ahead in the count? Uh, can you hit breaking balls? Are you fouling off breaking balls in order to get to, um, 
in order to get to the fastball. And regardless, did you just miss that pitch? Were you on it? And I say that like when I first saw Vlad, look at Vlad's Dunedin's uh, look at Vlad's numbers in Dunedin. I didn't see him much during that like scorching hot August. I saw him when he first came up, and Bo was hitting 380, and Vlad was hitting 220. Mm-hmm. And I still came away from it like, duh, this kid's gonna be this kid's gonna be awesome. So, I, what I'm hoping, because I want the best, I want the best out of every player I watch. What I'm hoping is I see something like that with Chavez Young. So even if he starts off at 160, I can still bang the drum for him because. Yeah. The athleticism that everyone talks about, the the yeah, this dude would have been a fifth rounder, that you know that t- sort of talent that people talk about, that's what I want to see. And if I see that, I got no problem just completely eating crow and saying, you know, I was too low on him. Jensen warned me I was still too low on him. Here's how I'm going to make it up. Yeah, and I think he has all that going for him. But like I said, the one thing that kills me is he's doubling his. Strikeouts compared to his walks, and that's still what scares me watching in the Midwest League. And I'm worried that it's going to transfer even that much more as he goes to the Florida State League probably this year. FSL pitchers are tough, bro. They they can carve. You think about it, like Casey Mize, Nate Pearson, Kyle Wright, all those guys. You know they'll they'll run through the they'll they'll you know appear in the Florida State League. Sixto, you got Sixto, Brewstar, all these guys that dominated the Midwest League or the Sally. Mm-hmm. Are in the Florida State League, you know, and and there guys they, like Patrick Murphy crushing it all year. Yeah. And he's three years older than everybody, and that's why he finally got healthy. And guess what? Lights out. <laughs> yeah, there are some really good pitchers in the Florida State League, so I think it'll be good to see. Yeah, let's not forget Ryan Barucki was there what two years ago. <laughs> oh, I love Barucki. <laughs> I love yeah. him. I can't wait to see more of him this season. So, anyways, now that we everybody is aware of the fun that is surrounding. <laughs> the 39th round draft pick Chavez Young, who probably could have been a lot better on draft picks than that. This a possible steal for the Blue Jays coming in at number 30. We got Chad Spanberger coming in at number 29. Another uh, guy that's been acquired by the Toronto Blue Jays was part of the Rockies organization beforehand. Yeah, I believe. Yep. Okay. So, guy, guy's got pop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's one of those things, like when I talk about the first baseman, if he doesn't hit, he doesn't have a job, right? So a lot is hinging not only on the power, but on the hit tool, because there's it's first base, DH, or it, it's basically hit enough to be in the lineup. There's nowhere else to play you. I don't defense. know if he, yeah, I don't, but even then it's first base. Yeah. So, you know, there's. Oh, come on, they got Chris no, Pratt to play in that movie Moneyball. Yeah. Well, there's there's nowhere for him to go if he doesn't hit enough to be valid there, right? If he comes, he could literally be Justin Smoke the first couple years and never be Justin Smoke of what you have now. Mm-hmm. But the Justin Smoke of a, you know, before he was anything in Seattle, I'm sorry, in Toronto. Low, you know, two, low two hundreds, maybe twenty home runs, high K rate. That could be him, and and that might be the ceiling. You know, so he's just, but he's a good bat to bet on. You know, y'all, he's because oh, yeah. he's got power. He's got the seventy. He's got seventy raw. So. Yep, and as far as that goes, that's the one thing he definitely did at all levels so far. Um, I, I can't say too much about his Dunedin numbers. I did you get a chance to see him when he came over late in the season? I only got one uh, one look. He looked, um, I mean, he looked patient when I saw him. 
um, big, strong. So, uh, but I didn't, you know, I didn't yeah. necessarily, I didn't see enough. Yeah, he's in that ballpark right now that I'm interested to see what the Blue Jays system does with him right now because the yeah. Rockies were just letting him swing for the fences in the minor leagues in single A, and he was striking out at a tremendous clip. <laughs> yeah. So, I. I already had seen it jump in the stats, which were pretty much dead even for his 22 games in Dunedin. But uh, I, I, I'm curious to see if that trend continues, and it's enough to have me enthralled at this point for a position that is probably the weaker of the positions in the Toronto Blue Jays system. After Roddy Telez, there's a couple of possibilities, <laughs> but yeah. Spanberger is one of the ones that might have a higher ceiling than some of those other guys because he has that power tool and can drive in some runs. Yeah, I mean, he's like I said, he's he's definitely a bat to, you know, to bet on. So, uh, it it it'll be interesting to see what he does in, like you said, in Dunedin. I mean, he he was way too good for the Sally, yeah. but the Rockies just kept him there. So, uh, we'll see the challenge. I I do think his patience improved a little bit as he got against advanced pitchers. But you know, part of that could could have been the pitchers are so bad in the Sally, he's gonna be more aggressive. Yeah, he's just uh, diving at pitches with the barrel of the bat. Yeah, yeah, because he can hit them. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's got the power I, to even go a little apple on it. Yeah, <laughs> if you can videos. take a guy, if a guy's, if a guy's, you know, throwing you stuff that you can take deep, don't fucking take it just to get the walk rate up. So, I want to see which Spanberger, much like Lundquist, I really want to see which guy shows up. Yeah, yeah. And I think you're going to have plenty of benefit with both of those in uh, Dunedin this yeah. year. And I, th- I yeah. honestly, the, the team that's going to be fielded in Dunedin this year is going to be pretty exciting to watch, I think, beginning opening day. But it's going to be interesting to see where Spanberger falls after we talk about our next guy. Uh, the new Greek god of walks, <laughs> Ryan Noda, yeah. another first baseman. Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny that both of those mathematically landed right next to each other on this calcul- on this countdown. It's interesting. Think about, like, I didn't have Noda in my top 30. I, I think I did initially, but then I, I, I started thinking about it, and I bumped him out after uh, some of these trades and Rule 5 guys. Uh, Noda's, Noda's walk rate is, is not so much due to advanced approach, I think, not so much due to uh, elite eye. It's more due to passivity, and in the Midwest League, guys really struggle with command. They struggle with fastball command. They have fringe secondaries, or they might flash plus secondaries, but they don't sequence, so it's a lot of fastballs. Um, you know, maybe they're not commanding the, the the second and third pitches even as good as the fastball. So when I saw him in spring training, it was just stand there with the bat on the shoulder and swing when you have to that's why his k rate's so high if he had an advanced approach his k rate wouldn't also be so high and he doesn't have joey basically at best he's a poor man's joey gallo and he does not have anywhere near joey gallo's power joey gallo's eye um so for me i'm I'm like a hard pass on nota and i think it's telling that he got really hot in the Midwest League, where he was way too way too uh, too old to be playing, and he got hot, and they still kept him there. They still kept Casey Clemens, who didn't do squat in Dunedin. Uh, they acquired Spanberger, and passed over Noda for him. Mm-hmm. So I, 
if you That's really want to know, if you want to know what an organization really thinks about a player, look at their assignments, look at where they hit in the order, and look at how aggressive the promotions are, especially compared to if they're older guys, college senior signs, if they're these older guys, look at how, look at how aggressive they are with, with, with the younger dudes. So I think that was very telling about Noda that he never got up to Dunedin. Yeah. And in, in all reality, there was there was room there, right? Yeah, <laughs> Clemens, there, wasn't oh, doing yeah. Clemens didn't ton. do anything. Yeah, Clemens did nothing. Yeah, I was um, so. after watching him earlier in the season in Lansing, coming to visit the one game I got to see in Dunedin this year uh, with my family. I was rather disappointed. I was expecting to see more out of Clemens, and there's I think that's telling that he doesn't even come close to thirty five. <laughs> no extra guys no. on this. No, um, Clemens. Clemens for me is a twenty. I mean, it's a twenty-hit tool. It's he has he has no idea uh, how to hit spin or pick up spin. He you can sequence if you if you can throw average command, you can just sequence him to death with fringe stuff. Yeah. Um, he's laid on fastballs. The swing is long, but that I mean that's it, Clemens that's is a good Clemens is a good case because he destroyed the Midwest League. Yeah, so, that's what I was trying to gauge up with that uh, comparison there. I'm glad you picked up yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah. It's the hive mind thing we were talking about. That's right. <laughs> but, and it, like I said, I, I'm, I'm with you on the fact that it, the strikeout and the walk rate is way too close with yeah. Ryan Noda. I, there, there is something that I think that when he does barrel up baseballs, they, they're solid gap-to-gap stuff. But like you said, unless he hits the I, – I, I don't know how much of it's passivity or how much of it's him actually waiting for the pitch he wants. But I figured if he was waiting for the pitch he wants, we'd be seeing that translate into more home runs. And that didn't really happen till late in the season where he just went on a yep. ridiculous tear with a landing lug nuts. It's passivity. He's gonna make you throw him two strikes before he's swinging. This guy will get. This guy will take a fastball right down the middle first pitch. It get me over fastball. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's one of the. And but this, it's it's like you were saying. He barrels a lot of balls. His swings aren't defensive. So part of it is he does let it unleash on two strikes. But why wait part, to two strikes? Why you know, <laughs> with a little bit bit more aggressive. I like the size. Um, I like the raw power. The eye is okay. I mean, it's passive. It's really passive base, but it's still not. He's still not a. Have, he still doesn't have a terrible eye. So there's enough there that I think, with a little bit more aggressiveness, you might see, you know, a flash thirty homers in a minor league season. But ultimately, I just think he's just not going to swing the bat enough. And when he does, it's the odds are that he's going to swing and miss are far greater that he's going to do anything else with it. So as we wrap up number 28 there with Ryan Noda, we're going to go to number 27 on the top 30 prospects list here. Another Blue Jays acquisition. Shock. Um, Forrest Wall, part of the Colorado Rockies first round draft picks a million years ago, it seems like. Yeah. (laughs) Good tools. And once again, it's one of those guys that used to project really, really high. He was even on baseball prospectus as an MLB's top 100 back in 2016. So unbelievable. It's amazing how far some of these guys fall, but as far as at least his last season went, 
had a really hard time for Hartford in the same league as the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. All of a sudden comes to New Hampshire, Hampshire, and I don't know if it was the fact that the playoff hunt was completely on. He had a great team around him, but all of a sudden it looks like the switch might have clicked a little bit, or at least he was actually battle, batting the ball. <laughs> yeah. Or at least they were missing fielders. I think that with, with Wall, uh, he's a good athlete. Uh, I don't know if I trust the hit tool, um, but I do think that a move to Toronto – is better for him. Uh, I love the way that Toronto develops hitters. You know, poor Tigers fans. They just know as soon as they get a guy that's good, the Tigers player development's going to ruin them. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, lo- I like him with Toronto, and I want to see what a full season in the Toronto system produces. And I think this might be a make-or-break year for him. There's not, you know, if, if he doesn't, if he doesn't, start producing i mean like full-on like right producing yeah 240 is not going to cut it um you know a high a high k rate's not going to cut it i don't care about your stolen bases you know major league pitchers aren't going to let you get on base so i think this is is one of those as a prospect for him not in his career but as a prospect this is a make or break year for him and I'm interested to see what he does with the Toronto system. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you say that as the make-or-break thing because as far as it goes, the Blue Jays might be thinking that same exact thing, my friend. This is a guy that could have been part of the Rule 5 draft and ended up being part of the Rule 5 draft as the Blue Jays did yep. not choose to protect him. In right, the they acquired that, him. They acquired him. Went, and he was the main piece of that. As and then was just like acquiring someone. Oh, yeah, okay, don't worry about it. I, I honestly, then, I was a little upset about it. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I think they knew that no one was going to take him. You can't roster this guy on a major league roster. No, as, he, as far as he goes, I was surprised he got a spring training. Yeah, flight. but yeah, the fact that well, I mean, he's going to be in. He's going to be in Double A, Triple A. That's that's not out of the ordinary. Yeah, I it's think it's not a shock, yeah. but it was yeah. it was one of those guys I would have put on the fringe of that fence. Yeah, so. Although, well, I think again, those... they decided to bring Mark Leiter Jr. too, and that just shocks me. <laughs> well, I think they wanted, you know, if if you're going to bring this guy over, you got to get him with like the major league coaches. So, uh, you know, that it's works be good too. For his experience level, yeah. one way or the other, and maybe that's the difference between him starting again in Double A or starting with the Buffalo Bisons in the International League. So, maybe that's where the line has been drawn in the sand, so to speak, on uh, yeah. Forest Wall. But like I said, it, that it, that was a very mixed season <laughs> for him last year, playing in um, the Cal League along with the Eastern League. But just insanely weird all over the board. Did really, really good to kick off the year in A in, in A plus basically, and then floundered in the Eastern League, and then all of a sudden, hey, everything's fine in New Hampshire. So we'll yeah. see. it's interesting to see what's going to happen with Forrest Wall as uh, he wraps up number 27 here on our countdown. Um, last guy that we're going to talk about tonight, my friend, um, Elvis Luciano, the weirdest Rule 5 draft of all time. <laughs> yeah. He's, what, um, 19 years old, I believe? I it, it, yeah. who, who, who did they... Did they do this with Osuna? Would they do this with Osuna or or Castro, where they had him up at nineteen and just threw him in the bullpen? I believe Roberto Osuna in two thousand fifteen. Was that Osuna? Yeah, and him and Miguel Castro. Were Ca- on the yeah, Blue they were Jays, starters on the Blue Jays' uh, major league roster to open up the season in New York. I remember watching it, and I was just shocked because watching how Miguel Castro threw those first. 
two, three weeks, I honestly, if you had to put me in a room and decide right now which one would have been better, I would have probably told you Miguel Castro because I was just watching how those long arms of his extended and whipped it through the freaking zone. The problem was he couldn't control it. Yeah. But he was full-on showcased. <laughs> so I feel like with Luciano, it's, you know, the, this begs the question at 19, I think two questions. Why do you do it, and what's it going to do to his development? So I think that <clears throat> why you do it is because very, very rarely do teenagers with this sort of projection become available for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this kid has a just a loose athletic delivery, whippy arm action, and he's a fastball changeup guy. Oftentimes when we're talking about this prospect needs to develop, to develop a third pitch, it's not a changeup. Or I'm sorry, it's a changeup. The yeah. changeup is, is one of the hardest already. pitches to learn, right? It's They come in with, with fastball, curveball, so it's hard and then something that's breaking. But they have nothing, no third offering, right, as as these hitters can pick up the spin and, and react immediately. They need that third offering or fourth offering with the same sort of, with the same arm speed that that has that velocity separation and with movement differing from, from the hard secondary. So uh, Lu- when Luciano, at, as a teenager, already has the projection to add velocity, he's already in the low 90s at 19. He could add velocity. It's, it's as he not out of the... It's going to happen. Right. This kid could be sitting 97 to 99 with an already plus changeup. And the curveball has hard spin. He just doesn't have the shape. He doesn't have the feel for it yet. But Wish when he does, it flashes. It flashes above average. This is a guy put him on the tw- he's the 25th man, just stick him in the back of the you know, stick him in the back of the bullpen, let him come in and blow outs. Um, and then if he becomes something uh, as a weapon, use him more, but you you really have nothing to lose and then you can put him back in the minors and develop him back as a starter and stretch him back out. Yeah, especially in a year where the Blue Jays are hoping to just catch fire, and that's their, really their only chance at possibly competing this year. I think the talent's there, but you're not expecting it to all go right this year. So having a guy like Luciano soaking all this up, maybe the yeah. working with Pete Walker at the major league level is the reason that that curveball does develop into something. Yeah. Even if he has to pitch an inning or not, even if it is a high-stress thing. Oh, my God. You know, If I was going to have a guy come out of the bullpen that only threw two pitches, I would love it for it to be a fastball changeup. Yeah. And that's a, I think the only reason that this carries any weight. The only thing I'm kind of almost guessing, the Blue Jays are going to showcase – or not showcase him, but audition him this spring, right? If they love him enough to put him in the bullpen all season, great, wonderful. It's, great. it's match made in heaven type stuff. If he's in that level of where they're intrigued by his stuff, do they just turn around to KC and go, hey, you know, here's two prospects. They're trying to fill up their minor league system. Call it a day. No, I think I think they keep him. This is an investment because there's no need to wreck this kid's career, potentially wreck his career, you know, by, by putting him in a situation to just get torched and lose his confidence. And you can't do anything about it for an entire season. Right, you have to keep him on the roster yep. if you want. Fun with the rule so, five drafts. Yeah, so I don't think they would do that to this kid if they did. If they did not believe that in low leverage situations, that at the major league level they could continue to develop uh, his command and his and his and his curveball or slider, slurvy, whatever it is, while 
increasing his velocity and and continuing to to progress his changeup without sacrificing like hits to his confidence or harm to him and then stretch him back out in the minors. The Padres did this with Miguel Diaz a few years ago. And he was in the AFL. They're developing him as a starter and trying to get him, you know, a, a third pitch and you know able to turn over a lineup a couple times. So yeah. And that's what they're hoping to get out of at this point. And in all reality, I don't see that being out of ordinary for this time, especially with a team right now that has a a wait and see bullpen going into the spring training. You know, they yeah. added a few pieces, but this is a team that's also still flirting with the idea of bringing Johnny Axe back. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> as much as I'd love to see uh, number 77 coming back out, <laughs> um, it's taken away an opportunity for a guy like Luciano and a team like that is going to be super young after being super old the last few years. So, why not? Why not, right? Why so, not? Good stuff, my friend. So, if you all haven't been listening, we had Brock Lundquist, Cal Stevenson, Ronnie Brito, Samad Taylor, and Leonardo Jimenez coming in in the just-missed category for the top 30 here on Jaybird Watching slash Prospects Live, everybody else that's going to be joining us on the show here in coming weeks. Chavez Young at number 30, Chad Spanberger, or Spanberger. <laughs> Ryan Chance. Noda, Forrest Wall, and Elvis Luciano coming in here 30 through 26. Jason, um, is there anything you want to tell us about what's going on with your guys' life at Prospects Live before, or tell us what you've been up to, just period, because um, I should let you kick that off with a show when you're introducing yourself. But <laughs> oh, It's all good. I can close it. I, I, we're just still grinding. We're still trying to build this uh, build this thing from the ground up. We just released our top 100. Uh, they call it real-life prospects, but I don't think there's a difference. And then we had a top 100 fantasy prospects, and I still don't understand the difference because real-life prospects lead to real-life major leaguers. Um, and that's what you want. So, but anyways, go check it out because it might just be me. This might just be my Clint Eastwood, uh, this, you know, geriatric moment where, you know, get off my lawn. <laughs> ah, screw it. Yeah. <laughs> but is it like check a that out. Yeah. The idea is supposed to be like proximity to the majors maybe. Cause I know if I'm drafting a guy from my dynasty league, I don't want to be picking a guy that's four years down the line. Maybe. Well, some of these guys are because if they might, I, it's, I, I don't know. It's a lot more projection and dreaming without defense and worrying about things. I, it's, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's it's the same reason. It's the same reason that a guy like Kloffenstein goes in dynasty drafts. I've seen him go as high as as forty. Yeah. Um, when he was a third round pick overall, and and it's just because you're dreaming on, you know, the fantasy potential and and the fact that he signed over slot. So, yeah. It's not- my friends are still making me, fun of me for picking up Vlad Jr. The literally the year he got dra- pulled into yeah. on the Blue Jays, and I'm like, you guys are gonna freaking hate me soon as oh I, yeah, <laughs> he's gonna be Mike Trout. Just you can never start too it. early. <laughs> you can never start too early, and I think that's what the fantasy list is all about. Like, yeah. you know, unless the guys like Wander Franco, you can't legitimately put some of these guys that were good in rookie ball above guys who were really good at Double A. You, yeah. you can't do it. And I, I think in fantasy list, you can. I think that's the difference, but I'm still not sure. <laughs> so maybe uh, come over and talk to me on Prospects Live and help me understand this. And I think enjoy the uh, enjoy the top 100s. JUCO season just started. Colleges and high schools are about to get going. So it's it's for me, it's 
back at the fields. Our man with the pulse on Florida baseball in general, at Jason at the game, <laughs> and on Twitter, everybody. Jason, um, anything else you'd like to add real quick? No, thanks for having me on. This was fun. No, I um, I look forward to having yourself and uh, other members of the Prospects Live team, or maybe we'll just have a more of a roundtable like we had originally planned. The wonderful weather has played so much havoc with our schedule here up in New York and Canada in the last couple of days. So, unfortunately, Jason, it just got to be you and me, but it ended up coming out as a great show, I think. Well, I, I hope that after all this is said and done, maybe we can get an apartment together and... <laughs> Yeah, did we just become best friends? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go bust some jack-o'-lanterns in the garage. Yeah, and I won't eat the dog, white dog poop when we walk by the school yeah, with the bullies. Good. Okay. No, we're gonna fucking do. We're gonna wreck those kids. We're going to jail. Oh, no. We're going to jail for beating those kids' asses. No uh, doubt. Good deal. So, anyways, Jason at the game here on Twitter. It's been a pleasure, my friend. Uh, we're going to wrap things up eventually here on this, but we're going to be bringing you 30, all 30 Blue Jays prospects over the next few weeks. Tonight was the just-missed category and your you're 30 through 26 and we got some you know other people from prospects live join us i got a couple other surprise guests along with members of south of the six and our other wonderful contributors here on jaybird watching it has been a pleasure my friend i appreciate the the lead in here <laughs> yeah thanks for having me yep and we'll have you back soon don't forget everybody hit those uh subscribe buttons on itunes google play all over leave us some reviews so we can get more wonderful blue jay fans listening it's been a pleasure broadcasting for all of you and i hope you enjoy and talk more about the top 30 prospects with us on twitter everybody have a nice evening When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.